Hello, I am Bob Mooney. I am a Bible teacher in the local body of Christ, and I have been an interim pastor of a home church for a number of years. I hope you find these Bible lessons a blessing and of practical value. Well, this is our third study in studying Habakkuk. And today we'll look at Habakkuk, the second chapter, verses 4 and 5. But first, I'd like to take a review of our second lesson. And in that, we saw the Jews needed not only the warning of the coming Babylonians, but they needed the encouragement that the rule of terror would have an end. They needed to know God was still sovereign, that he still cared and loved his people, and that he still ruled the universe. Today, God is still on his throne and will remain there for eternity. He still loves and cares for his children. He is now and forever a good, good father. While we see our world seemingly coming apart, we need only to take our focus off ourselves and our world's circumstances and place our hope, our trust, and our faith in God alone. It is simple, but not always easy. In Habakkuk 2, verses 4 and 5, we'll pick up there. See, the enemy is puffed up. His desires are not upright. But the righteous person will live by his faithfulness. Indeed, wine betrays him. He is arrogant and never at rest. Because he is greedy as the grave and like death is never satisfied, he gathers to himself all the nations and takes captive all the peoples. Well, if we take this verse, these two verses, and we take out one section and put it at the end, I think it reads a little easier. It reads like this. See, the enemy is puffed up. His desires are not upright. Indeed, wine betrays him. He is arrogant and never at rest. Because he is as greedy as the grave and like death is never satisfied, he gathers to himself all the nations and takes captive all the peoples. But the righteous person will live by his faithfulness. The New King James puts it this way, but the just shall live by his faith. Here Habakkuk compares the difference between the ungodly, specifically the Babylonians, and the righteous. The ungodly are puffed up in his own conceits. They rely on their might. Their desires are not God's desires. They are greedy and never satisfied. While this certainly applied to the Babylonians in ancient times, it is also true of the ungodly in today's world as well. But the righteous person will live by his faithfulness. This portion of the verse is used at least three times in the New Testament to varying degrees, and we will look at some of those in a minute. But first, let's look at some of the Hebrew words in this verse. Righteous. In Hebrew, righteous or justified is foremost a religious state, more so than the state of just simply being right or wrong. It is God as judge who pronounces an Old Testament man or woman justified and free of all obligation to the law regarding their sin and guilt. 
it boils down to conforming to God's standards. God is the standard for all morality and ethics. In Psalm 145.17, David wrote, The Lord is righteous in all his ways and faithful in all he does. The word live in Hebrew means to exist, to enjoy life, to live anew, to be well, to recover, to make alive. I like that. Life here refers to day-to-day living. Life is completely related to the Word of God. The word faith or faithfulness means to trust, steadfastness, honesty, safety, and security. So literally this section means that justified people receive the gift of life by their faithfulness. So how do we, practically speaking, live by faith or by our faithfulness? David put it this way in Psalm 37, 5 through 7. Commit your way to the Lord. Trust in Him, and He will do this. He will make your righteous reward shine like the dawn, your vindication like the noonday sun. Be still before the Lord and wait patiently for Him. Do not fret when people succeed in their ways, when they carry out their wicked schemes. David wrote that He will make our righteous reward shine like the dawn. It is His righteousness that he gives us and not our own. But David instructs us that if we desire his righteousness, we must first commit our way to the Lord and trust in him. In Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, Solomon wrote, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, submit to him and he will make your path straight. If we want God to make our path straight, then we need to first submit all our ways to Him and trust Him with all our heart and not to lean on our own understanding, that is, our own good ideas. It starts with submission to Him, and often this comes through His Word and through prayer where we find what it is that He wants for us. What is His will for our lives? This principle of righteousness is also found in the New Testament. In Romans, the first chapter, Paul wrote in verse 17, For in the gospel the righteousness of God is revealed, a righteousness that is by faith from first to last. Just as it is written, the righteous will live by faith. The righteous will live by faith here is a direct quote from Habakkuk. We also see something similar in Hebrews in verse 10, 37 through 39. For in just a little while, he who is coming will come and not delay. And, but my righteous one will live by faith. And I take no pleasure in the one who shrinks back. But we do not belong to those who shrink back and are destroyed, but to those who have faith and are saved. Well, let's take a look at these similarities and the differences slight as they are, between this section in Hebrews and the one we're studying now in Habakkuk. In Habakkuk 2.3, 
He wrote, For the revelation awaits an appointed time. It speaks to the end and will not prove false. Though it linger, wait for it. It will certainly come and not delay. In Hebrews 10.37, he wrote, For in just a little while, he who is coming will come and not delay. While Habakkuk refers to the revelation, the writer of Hebrews makes this personal and refers to the Messiah. In Habakkuk 2.4, he wrote, See, the enemy is puffed up. His desires are not upright. And literally, in the Greek version of the New Testament, the Septuagint, it translates it this way, And if he shrinks back, I will not be pleased with him. Habakkuk goes on, But the righteous person will live by his faithfulness. In Hebrews 10.38, the writer wrote, But my righteous one will live by faith, and I take no pleasure in the one who shrinks back. It's very obvious here, the writer of Hebrews was very familiar with the Greek version of the Old Testament. Habakkuk contrasts Babylonians with the Jews. The writer of Hebrews contrasts the believer with the believer. The one who perseveres with the one who shrinks back in fear. As believers, we should stand firm in our faith through difficulties, temptations, and persecution, and not shrink back. The writer of Hebrews encourages the church that the righteous ones, those whose faith and trust in the Lord, will live by that faith. One of my favorite chapters in the Bible is Romans 12. In verse 3, Paul writes, For I say, through the grace given to me, to everyone who is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly, as God has dealt to each one a measure of faith. As believers, we cannot claim a lack of faith, for it is made clear in this verse that God gives each of us a measure of faith. In Matthew 9, verses 23 and 24, concerning the child with an unclean spirit, Jesus said to him, to his father, If you can believe, all things are possible to him who believes. And immediately the father of the child cried out and said with tears, Lord, I believe. Help my unbelief. We can pray for God to help our unbelief. And often that's a very good prayer to pray when we feel down and feel like we're struggling against something. But he has given us all a measure of faith. But our faith are like muscles in our body. We have to exercise them to make them stronger. We need to step out. And as God leads us by His Spirit and through His Word, we need to lean not on what we think is right, but trust Him to draw us deeper in His kingdom. In 2 Corinthians 5.21, Paul wrote, God made Him who had no sin to be sin for us, so that in Him we might become the righteousness of God. God declares us righteous when we accept Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. He then gives us a measure of faith to believe and trust in Him. It is His doing. We have no righteousness of our own. That way, He gets the glory. He gets the praise. He gets the credit. Here in Habakkuk, God warns Judah of the coming Babylonians. They were an ungodly force coming upon them, bringing violence, 
destruction, and ultimately, captivity. There was nothing Habakkuk could do to change these circumstances. But what he could do was to warn his people. But more importantly, we see Habakkuk leading the people of Judah to take their eyes off the coming circumstances and place their faith and focus on God. What about us today? If we focus on today's headlines, we can see coming doom and threats from many areas. But just as God called Judah to focus their faith on him, today we need to do the same. Are there obstacles in your life and mine that can be daunting? Absolutely. Will these circumstances suddenly disappear as we exercise our faith? Often they do. But in reality, sometimes they don't, or at least not as quickly as we would hope. But if we let him, he will strengthen our faith and trust in him regardless of our circumstances. He wants to change us into the image of his son, Jesus Christ. And often he uses our circumstances to do just that. Today the church needs to rise up and become the overcomer and the light we are called to be. God is calling forth his army. But how does the church overcome? Revelation 12:11 says they overcame him, the accuser, by the blood of the lamb and the word of their testimony. First and foremost, we need to become born again by accepting Jesus as our Lord and Savior. Then believers like you and I need to answer the individual call to live by our faithfulness. This happens by us committing all our ways to Him, trusting God in all the areas of our life and by keeping our faith and focus on God and not our circumstances. I hope you have been blessed by this message. I would love to hear from you. You can email me at rmooney at carolina.rr.com And thank you for listening.